Welcome everybody to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. Your only place in the world to find your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. You can find this at keysweekly.com every Thursday. Please like, subscribe, and tell some other people about it. You could also hear us on the radio Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on WKWF AM and FM. Welcome back, everybody. Big day going on, big week. You know, we're still transitioning now from the end of winter sports to the beginning of spring sports, and there's so much going on. Let's just start right from the beginning. Girls weightlifting, they're marathon girls. There's a number of girls off to states for weightlifting. They'll be going this weekend. Good luck to them. Ella Dunn, uh, Ali Brabinick, Mikkel Ross, and Justice Lee. Also in the Keys, Rachel Rush is going to state, and Elizabeth Giordano is going to state. As of right now, there's some at-large bids which are going to be passed out to some other girls. Possibly could be going to states. I'll keep my ears open on that one. You know what? Just bad news for Coral Shores and Marathon Soccer when it comes to Palmer because Palmer was able to knock out the girls and the boys from Coral Shores and Marathon ending their soccer seasons. So girls soccer, boys soccer is over. Prep soccer season comes to an end. The Lady Conks lost to Mast Academy. Uh, in the District 16 4A semifinals, Key West ended the year with a 10 and 7 record and looks strong for 2024 despite graduating five seniors this year. Coach Scott Paul, he was the soccer coach for a long time. He took a couple years off. This is his first year back. So, as far as the first year goes, 10 and 7, pretty good. Marathon girls enjoyed their first winning season in six years, going 8 and 7, including a quarterfinal win against Somerset Silver Palms. Palmer Trinity ended their season on January 30th. The winning is not likely to end for Marathon as they lose just two seniors and return their top six scores including FHSAA 3A District 16 leader Rain Banks. Uh, Coral Shores, they won their district semifinal match against Somerset Soho. Um, Now, in the big game, it would be Palmer Trinity who came away with the win, eliminating Coral Shores from postseason play 8-0. Highly successful season for Coral Shores. Palmer put an end to the Lady Kane season. The district runner-up managed an impressive 10-5 record for Coral Shores. Even with eight seniors graduating, solid base coming back. As far as the boys go, Key West lost a heartbreaker to St. Brendan on January 30 in their semifinal match. They lost one to nothing. Ending their season with a strong 11-4-2 record. Key West loses 10 seniors this year. Marathon boys worked up a late season run, including a big win against Keysgate in the quarterfinals, earning them a semifinal matchup. Familiar foe, once again, Palmer ends the Marathon boys season 8-0. Dolphins keep a good portion of their core, losing just four seniors from their roster. The Marathon Dolphins had a winning record going 10-9 on the season. Um... Next up, we have boys basketball. Key West regular season ended February 4th in an overtime 76-73 loss to Palmer Trinity. The 4-18 Conks face LaSalle in the opening round. Marathon is slated to play Somerset Silver Palms for their opening district playoff matchup. The Stallions of Silver Palms narrowly defeated Marathon by just three points December 1st. It should be an exciting game. 
And later on in this podcast, we are going to go deep and we are going to break down the Coral Shores boys basketball season and the unbelievable unmatched success that they have had this year. Currently, they've won 11 in a row. They beat Coral Shores twice. I'm sorry. Coral Shores beat Marathon twice. They beat Key West High School twice. And they are the first Coral Shores team to do a lot of things. First of all, they're the first Coral Shores team to go undefeated in the month of January. Second, they're the first Coral Shores team to be king of the keys. Now, what I mean by that is Coral Shores beat Marathon twice. They beat Key West twice. They are the kings of the keys as far as boys basketball goes. And not only that, not only did they do it this year, they also did it last year. So that's history in the making right there. Coach Mandosi, Coach Rich Russell. I mean, it's it's huge when you think about this for them to beat Key West four times. Really beat them twice last year, twice this year. Beat Marathon. In fact, they beat Marathon the last seven times. Marathon hasn't beat Coral Shores since the year 2018. And you had Jackson McDonald and Steven Hernandez and Jamal Qualls. And, and you had that was a tremendous district championship team uh, for Marathon that year in 2018. You know, Thad Goodwin was on that team. I mean, that team actually won the district. So. You know, this is the this is the cycle of the keys right now. Coral Shores basketball, led by Coach Mandozi, is on top. Who knows for how long, and and who knows what team's going to be next? You know, and we were going to find out uh, in a little bit. We're going to talk to Coach Mandozi, not only about right now, not only about the future, but how he brought that Coral Shores team. Let's face it; they weren't that successful when he got there in 2017. And turn them into the ultimate keys team is which what they are right now. So also, um, you know, last week we had Coach Wise on and he gave us his list of the top Key West athletes that he's seen in the last 40 years and receives a lot of feedback from that so far. If you have anything you'd like to add, you can send it sports at keysweekly.com. Um, that was a really fun episode. The week before that, we had on NFL tight end Colin Thompson talking about his Thompson family football camp in Key West. And I went last week. I went with my youngest son, Maverick McDonald, the 10-year-old. And we had a great time there. There was a lot of Key West kids there. There was a lot of kids all around the Keys that took advantage of that football camp. Uh, Colin Thompson, NFL tight end. You could hear my podcast with him two weeks ago. You had NFL player Makai Sargent, Key West zone. You had Key West running back Dorian Cannon. I know he's still working to try to play some professional football. He was also helping out. From the Carolina Panthers, you had tight end Stephen Sullivan, tight end Ian Thomas. Brandon Chubb is their uh, union leader. He was there. Jody Owens from the Panthers was there. And you had a bunch of guys. Uh, you had a bunch of guys. Miguel from Key West Junior Football League was was a big part of that. You had a lot of Key West Junior Football League coaches out there helping. I talked to Carson and Zach Hughes, Coach Johnny Hughes' sons from Key West High School. They were working with the offensive. We were working the offensive line drill, the defensive line drill. I saw them. Um, saw a lot of great people there, and it was a great camp uh colin thompson you could check him out at not for long media you guys should probably go on his instagram and and upload any pictures you have of it or you know just thank him for coming down because this is a guy he's not from key west 
he's been to Key West. He appreciates Key West. And he was like, hey, I need to give back to this community. I'm going to put on a football camp and I'm going to get sponsors. Everything was free. You know, everybody got T-shirts. Everybody got fed. Everybody got a bag of fun stuff. Everybody had tons of water, tons of drinks. And it was just a beautiful day, early February, wonderful weather. And what a great time for football. So I just want to say thank you to Colin Thompson. I would love for you guys to reach out on his social media and thank him for coming to Key West. And hopefully they come back and, and check out his website, notforlongmedia.com. Um, let's see. As far as some other things are concerned before we get to the Coach Mandozi interview, let's let's talk. We got the Super Bowl coming up, you know. That is going to be coming up this weekend. Let's see. Who do we have? We have Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. I'm going to give you my take on it. I guess I'm going to root for Philly. To be honest with you, my opinion, I'm just tired of Kansas City Chiefs all the time in the Super Bowl, all the time in the AFC Championship game, you know? I like Philly. I love the Philly fans, you know? And I just love this whole concept of the Philadelphia fan is going to possibly win another Super Bowl. They went such a long time without winning. You know, you talk historically. I know a couple of years ago a Philly special, they were able to win a Super Bowl, but you know, you had the one with Terrell Owens, which they didn't win. And then you'd have to go all the way back to them losing to the Raiders in 80. So it's nice to see them have some success. And I, and I am, you know, I know that the, the Eagles coach is a great guy, and, and I do love this whole inside story, though. You know, with Andy Reid being at Philly, I was so shocked when they got rid of him, and for him to have the success that he's had in Kansas City is a testament to him, and there is a part of me that wants him to beat Philadelphia, but, you know, only time will tell, and we shall see on, on, the, on the most important NFL team front, the Miami Dolphins. I see they have a new defensive coordinator, Vic Faggio. You know, let, let's see what he's going to bring to the table. He's getting a ton of money to be the defensive coordinator. Hopefully he earns it. You know, really, as far as I'm concerned, I didn't think the defense was that bad, but they got rid of the whole staff. The biggest issue next year is still going to be the Tua project and what happens with Tua. Can Tua play a whole season, right? And then, you know, this at the beginning of this season, he just lit the world on fire. After that win early against Buffalo, I was getting ready to buy Super Bowl tickets. With what money? I don't know. But I was getting ready to buy Super Bowl tickets. And then it seemed like, you know, the team sort of figured him out. So I think next year is going to be a big year for Tua. Do I want Aaron Rodgers to come to the Dolphins? Sure. I don't even have a problem with that. I would love to have him and give Tua a year off to get his brain right. I don't know. Who knows? The one thing that is for certain is uncertainty. And when you talk about the Miami Dolphins, there's nothing truer ever said. So... Let's not talk about football anymore. Let's talk about basketball and let's talk about Florida Keys basketball. So coming up next, we have Coach Jared Mandozi. History in the making. History has been made. Record setting Coach Mandozi coming right up. All right, everybody out there, Florida Keys Nation, we have Coach Jared Mandozi on the line. How are you doing, Coach? Doing terrific, Sean. How are you today? Um, not doing as well as you, because we're going to break down what you've done here as Coral Shores. 
boys basketball coach. You also are the girls basketball coach, but we're going to talk about that later. As far as the boys go, I got some numbers for you right now. Coach, your team is 17 and five. According to max preps, you've won 11 games in a row. The last time you lost to a team, it was last year, 2022. And it was to teams out of state. You're five and one in your district. You're eight and one at home. But really, the big deal is when we talk about history on this podcast, you have made Florida Keys sports history because never before, you know, we have a little thing here called King of the Keys. And if you have a sports team and if you play the other two sports and you beat them both, then you're the King of the Keys that year. So as far as boys basketball goes, you were the King of the Keys last year. You beat Marathon both times. You beat Key West both times. And then again, this year, you beat Marathon 60 to 28, 64 to 28. You beat Key West down in Key West, 53-35. You beat Key West at home, 75-58. So for two years in a row, Coral Shores has beaten all the Keys boys basketball teams. That's a humongous accomplishment. It's something that that really hasn't happened in, in I would say, 75 years. So congratulations to you, Coach. I mean, what are your feelings about that? Yes, sir, and uh, thank you very much. It's something that that we take a ton of pride in. It was certainly at the top of our list of goals when – I started at Coral Shores because, to your point, uh, we were we were absolutely the bottom of the barrel uh, for a while there in the Keys, and um, you know Marathon had some had some great teams, and they were up. And Key West, of course, is uh, seems like they've always had some terrific basketball teams, and so uh, that was that was a really a big goal of ours. Uh, you and I have chatted, I think, a little bit in, in the past about some of the challenges coaching down here and this sort of the mentality and um, some of, you know, some of that stuff that happens as you look at off-season workouts for players and some of the challenges that you face uh, with a season like basketball that's so long and you have holiday breaks in between and you know, a lot of it was really changing the mindset to say, "Hey, you know, we're 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 going to be um, we're going to be a year-round program, and uh, we're certainly going to work through the holiday breaks and <laughs> things like that." Um, it's not been uh, w- without some challenges, of course. You always have some situations where you're maybe missing some folks and things like that. But um, but but a lot of it started really with, um, you know, getting that culture change and getting guys to understand that, hey, if you want to play basketball at Coral Shores, there's an expectation that we're going to we're we're going to take a few days off for Thanksgiving, of course, and over winter break and and things like that. But if we want to compete with the teams that we compete with and if we want to become the king of the keys uh, as it relates to basketball, then we're going to have to, we're going to have to put the work in and really grind. And I I think, you know, another big thing has just been the buy-in from the players over the years. And it's uh, certainly been a progressive thing, but uh, that that's certainly a big part of it now where we've got, you know, the guys understanding and, and buying into what we're doing and, you know, it creates a competitive atmosphere and 
it's something like I said that uh, that we're all really really proud of. I'm not sure that our current group of guys necessarily appreciate how hard it's been to really mm-hmm. get to this point. Um, it was interesting, you know, uh, some of the banter with the guys where there was uh, there was there was chatter um, at one point where the guys are debating and they're saying, well geez, coach, is Marathon really a, a rival of ours? And I'm saying, guys, you, you guys talk to some of the old players. Marathon will always be a huge rivalry game for us. Um, but this current batch of uh, current group of guys, um, it's understandable why maybe they uh, maybe they haven't seen that as much. Uh, before we played them on Friday, one of the things I brought up um, you know, it's, it's nice. We have a lot of historical information with match preps and things. And, um, I wasn't the coach at the time, but, uh, the, the year prior to taking over, um, at Coral Shores was the year that marathon scored. I think it was 104 or 106 points on Coral Shores. And I, I make a point to, um, to, to show that graphic to the team, uh, anytime we play marathon to say, Hey, um, we better be ready to strap it on because um, this this matters and it's competitive and uh, and and we don't we don't want to be on the other side of this. It's always it's always funny, you know. I, I have this book that uh, Coach Wise sent me, and it's the uh, Florida Keys Sports History, and it has a lot of stats in it through the years. And you can look through these cycles all the time, and in rivalries like that, you know, like with Coral Shores Marathon, a lot of years you'll have a run where things are super close every year, <laughs> and then you're going to have a run. There's going to be a three year run where Marathon wins. There's going to be a five year run where Coral Shores wins, and then that's sort of you know like regardless of teams coach that's sort of what makes it a rivalry because like what's going to happen is you know at some point within that group maybe some of those core shores guys might forget and then it's going to come back to sting them and then you have this renewed rivalry but it never goes away it's always there and, and it's it's pretty funny that that happens you know what i mean it it, re- it really is sean and uh you know as i pointed out to the guys at both um you know, our second game when Key West came up here after we beat them down there. And then um, certainly uh, Friday night when we played marathon, just to say, hey, you know, guys, we've been there where um, you don't have necessarily as much to play for in the season. And I said, you know, if we if we sleep on these guys and sort of, uh, you know, uh rest on our laurels having won 10 straight or, or, or whatever the number was at the time, um, this would make their season to beat us. And, um, you know, marathon, of course, lost to us earlier in the year, they lost twice to key West. So they wouldn't have had the, uh, you know, sort of County championship bragging rights. Um, but it would have, uh, as, as we know, that would have been a nice, uh, end to their regular season had they been able to, pull that off. And, and the same thing with Key West when they, when they came up here, um, Key West was, uh, special this year. Of course it was special last year because it was the first time we had swept Key West. Um, from what I understand in school history. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, this year it was, it was really a matter of, you know, Hey guys. And and it was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of continuity. We have a lot of guys from last year that are still here. And and of course some new guys as well. 
Um, but, but that one was this year was, Hey, let's, let's show that that, that wasn't an aberration last year. And, um, we, we knew, we, we certainly knew that, uh, that, that Key West, um, wasn't too keen about not being on the, the top of the basketball throne as it relates, uh, to Monroe County. And so, um, you know, that, that was special, particularly, uh, winning down there, where as as you and I uh, have chatted in the past, it's it's a challenging place to win. It, it was interesting this year, where um, you know Isaac Holmes, who's such a tremendous player for us, and he was county player of the year last year, and um, he's a um, he's a very excitable kid, and I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, when when we played them last year and won for the first time in Key West and we were up pretty big and Isaac and a lot of the guys were you know were, were celebrating in the third quarter and they're going yeah we're gonna you know finally get them and I'm trying to you know temper them and going guys you know this game is far from over trust me I've been in a lot of them down here and you know there's going to be some crazy bounces and there's going to be some crazy calls undoubtedly and um, and, and there were, that was one, um, I think I joked with Kevin Freeman and I sort of sent him, uh, some video clips afterwards. One of which was a, a backcourt call where our guy was, um, you know, easily three feet over, uh, over the half court line. And, you know, so they, they crept back into that game a little bit. And so fast forward it to this year. Um, and you know, we, we started to open that thing up in the third quarter, pretty good. And, you know, all of a sudden Isaac, who's one of the more excitable kids is, is going, Hey guys, you know, this thing's not over yet. And I'm just sort of took me back for a second and it had me smile. I'm saying, geez, I don't even have to say it now because, uh, because Isaac's the one who's being the voice of reason with the, uh, with the guys. And, um, you know, and even in that game, we, uh, you know, I, I coached the, the, the finish of that game different than I, than, than I certainly did when we played them up here at home because um, it, because of what can happen down there and all of the unknowns. And mm-hmm. so when we were when we were there uh, a few weeks back, uh, we really kept the pedal to the metal at the end and said, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're not gonna hold the ball. if they're gonna if they're gonna take this thing from us, we're gonna we're gonna go down swinging and we just continued to open the lead up. And then um, when we when we played them up here, of course we, we played that a little bit differently where, you know, we, we had a pretty good lead in the last three or four minutes. We, uh, we sat on the ball a little bit more, but as a result, as a result, the result was the same both ways for sure. But, you know, anytime you're, you're playing a team like that, it, it you must make it undeniable. And we've talked about this before. It must be undeniable. You must have a great big lead because you never know when they're going to come back. And they have a lot of young players. And I'm sure that, you know, I spent some time in Key West coaching down there. And I know Coach Butler, you know, that he's not letting his players forget what Coral Shores did to them. You know what I mean? So no, no question yeah. about that. Yeah. No question about that. And you know, that was, um, that was one of the things that's been a fun change this year is seeing how our guys dealt with, uh, you know, going from 
being the hunter to the hunted in the county. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, that was absolutely a concern of mine um, in, you know, in all four matchups was to say, hey, we cannot, um, you know, we cannot rest on our laurels and, and what happened last year or last game or, you know, the last, you know, 11 games through this win streak or whatnot. We've got to um, we, we've got to come out and and lace them up every game and, and you know, win every game. So th- that's that's the present. You know, let's talk about the future right now. And then after that, we're going to talk about the past. So we're in the present right now. You're 17 and five. You know, I saw that you're five and one in the district. You're heading into district play. What do you have going on this week? What is your outlook? Yeah, we're we're excited, man. Uh, You know, first of all, and again, Kevin Freeman and I have chatted about this a bunch, but I would say if you, if you really look closely at it, we we have to have the toughest district in the state of Florida, um, legitimately. I mm-hmm. mean, we've got uh, Riviera Prep, who's just absolutely loaded, and you know, I think ranked number two in three A. They've got the seven foot kid and and a bunch of size and athletes and things like that. And then um, when you but, when I'm sorry, Coach, but you talk uh, about like high school basketball and you talk about South Florida and, and you're talking about everything. You know, Riviera Prep is a fantastic private school and and they yeah. have this ability to go out not only by getting, hey, let's get the let's get some great players in the United States, but they're getting great players internationally to go and play there. So when you're going when Coral Shores is going to play against the Riviera Prep, Coral Shores is like, oh, this is great. We have players from Key Largo and Lower Matt and Tavernier <laughs> and Plantation Key. Everybody's going to come together and play for Coral Shores. When you're, when you're playing a school like, like Riviera Prep, you could have guys not only from all across the country, but all across the world. And, and that's big for something for you to prepare for. No, no question. And, you know, it, it's it's certainly one of those things where, as, as we've said, and I, you know, said a lot. I mean, we're to your point, we're a we're a public school down here and it's it, it's cyclical and we we get what we get every year in terms of the, you know, the players that come in from the different schools. And that's one of the reasons we emphasize, you know, kids working in the off season and putting the effort in. And one of the reasons we try to, um, you know, develop guys down our bench and things like that uh, to, to help with that. But certainly uh, we're at a disadvantage when you look at, um, you know, the ability of the LaSalle's and the Riviera preps. And I know LaSalle's not in our district, but uh, the, the Palmers where, you know, I was there the other day for my daughter's uh, uh, district soccer game. And, <laughs> you know, you hear all the parents just looking at the campus and going with all the remodels they did. and go, Wow. This is such a beautiful campus. And so, you know, some of those schools to your point have myriads of ways to attract uh, great student athletes. And, um, and, and we don't have that. And, you know, beyond even the Riviera preps, when you look at our district, um, I mean, we've we've won 11 straight games and somehow drew a four seed in the district <laughs> tournament, right. which is, you know, which is uh, somewhat crazy. It feels like because we've played um, we've played great competition. And uh, but if you go, you know, literally all the way down the line to the nine teams in our, our district, um, 
you know, there are a lot of good teams in the district. Everglades prep has improved tremendously this year. They've got a couple of very strong guards and, you know, they're, they're down near the bottom of the district and, um, you know, Palmer's a five seed and they're about as good of a five seed as, um, you know, as you'll see. And so, um, it's exciting. Um, it's certainly one of the reasons we always try to, uh, schedule the way we do, um, play teams like LaSalle, which is a larger school and certainly one of those schools that has that, um, not not only uh, recruiting from local um, flavor, but you know they've got the six ten Estonian national player, right. and um, you know they're loaded. And uh, the the holiday tournament, which I, I feel like really helped us a lot this year. The first team we played in that holiday tournament um, was a team Cathedral Prep, who had won the five uh, A state title in Pennsylvania um, mm-hmm. a few years back, and. You know, they were, um, you know, they were, they were loaded and I, you know, continued to remind the guys that, you know, we were going to have to beat teams like that to get through our district and advance in regionals the way we'd like to. And um, so we, you know, we wanted to make sure going in that uh, when we, when we faced some of these teams, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the first time we, we had played teams like that and there wasn't some sort of an awe factor of going, Oh my God, look at the speed of these guys or the size of these guys, because we, we'd uh, seen them and played against them before. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question. As far as your district seeding goes, is that done through the max prep power rankings? It is, it is. And so, you know, that's, I know certainly, um, you know, it, it's a computer algorithm um, and anything like that, whether it's a computer or a person, I, I know it's a thankless job and you're going to have, um, you know, any number of folks that think they should be seated higher and whatnot. Um, we felt like, um, and we, we followed it pretty closely. Um, we really had our sights set on the three seed um, so that we would uh, get Riviera prep ideally in a championship game mm-hmm. versus um, in a, in a semifinal game. Um and so it was sort of, it was between us and Westminster Christian to Westminster's credit um, that they, they play, they play an extremely, extremely competitive schedule. Um, and, you know, we were a few points behind them. They had lost, I think five straight and won three out of their last 11 or something. And of course we won, you know, 11 straight at the time that they closed the seedings. I think it was nine straight and, we played a pretty competitive schedule. And so we watched closely and, and uh, crossed our fingers and, and hoped that we'd, uh, that we'd sneak up into that three seed. We felt like the two seed was probably going to be locked up by Keysgate, who's, you know, a top 20 team in the state and, uh, you know, tough team in their own right. But, um, uh, but we didn't quite get there uh, point wise. We're hopeful um, and and we're excited to play. Uh, first, we've got to get by Palmer, who's a very good team. We played them earlier in the year, and it was a close game. Through uh, they were they were up on us at halftime, um, and we had a little bit of foul trouble. But uh, and then we really really started to pull away from them in the second half, which has sort of been a theme of ours over the you know over this 
the last uh, month in our, our winning streak is we've really, um, we've really played some good basketball in the second half and it's, um, it's looked like, or felt like we've really um, just started to wear teams down as the game games have gone on. And um, so Palmer, I think we ended up beating them by 15, but they are a very, very good basketball team. Um, they're, um, you know, maybe, um, maybe not the best matchup for us, um, realistically, uh, because they, you know, they, they pose some challenges for us. They've got some very, very good shooters. Um, we're, um, much to my chagrin and I, I, it perplexes me a bit because I feel like we have the tools to be a much better man-to-man team than we we are and i'm a big i love playing man-to-man and um and for whatever reason uh we're just not as good in man-to-man defense as um as as i think we should be and you know when you face a team like palmer that that can load the uh the court up with shooters and things like that um it, uh, um, it, it becomes a, a little trickier to get by playing, um, more zone. And of course we like to run pressure defenses and things like that. Um, but, um, but, uh, so, you know, we're, we're excited and we're confident. Um, but, but Palmer will be a test on Tuesday. There's no question about that. So, um, a couple of things to unpack. Number one, as far as our listeners go, when we talk about the max prep, power rankings that entails what they do is they'll take um your schedule they'll take the scores of your games they'll look at the teams that you played and then they'll look at the teams that you played the teams that they played and then the score of their game then the strength of their schedule it's a humongous uh mysterious mathematical algorithm that gives each team sort of a ranking and if you go on max preps you could see the ranking of coral shores where they are in the district where they are in the state where they are in the nation and you might say where do they get that number from or they're getting it from this kind of crazy math problem that no coach in the united states can figure out so that's where all of that comes from and so you're going to go into the district tournament i know that you have high hopes and you know obviously you've already accomplished a ton this season but there's still a lot more goals that you want to accomplish but going back and i really want to talk about now how did you get to this point of history making you know great success for a coral shores basketball program what was your and we talked about this the first podcast i'm sorry where was your would you say what was your first year really coaching was it 2018 where you were the head boys coach for the first year it was, uh, yeah, 2017 slash 18. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So correct. The, so the 2018, 2017, 2018 season, you know, we talked about, you could go check out our first podcast with Coach Mandozi where he talks about his origin story and, and how he got to this job. So you're in the job and, and you've been around for a little bit. So you, you sort of probably had an idea of some of the issues, some of the things that you were going to need to fix culture wise. So, you know, you talked about, and a lot of, a lot of people listening to this podcast understand, and I know a lot of sports deal with this, especially winter sports. When you talk about a winter sport, it's starting in October, you know, hope it's ending in February, you know, roughly. So you're going to have to contend with Thanksgiving. You're going to have to contend with Christmas break. 
right? And a lot of, for a lot of coaches, they struggle in the keys with getting players to attend those practices. Did you have those initial, those initial problems and how did you resolve that with Thanksgiving and Christmas? Yeah, we, we absolutely did. And so, um, you know, stepping back in time, you know, and of course you can add, uh, you know, sort of fall sports to that, right. Where, you know, of course we, you know, we encourage our kids to, uh, play more than one sport and here with the size of our schools, um, you know, we, we have a lot of kids that do, but it, it tends to, um, it tends to get your season started, um, even that much later, uh, to some extent. So, you know, there's, there's that. And then, that first year uh, was even more crazy, Sean, because as I'm sure you'll remember vividly having lived down here, but that was also the year of Hurricane Irma. And so yeah. uh, that, you know, that happened in, I think that was a September 10th uh, storm or whatnot. But of course, um, you know, we were still really reeling in the keys as you and, and right, right, you know, so many other folks know for, you know, months and, you know, even, uh, years after that. And so, um, you know, we had some players who, um, w- you know, were not unlike, I'm sure, you know, marathon and some of the other schools, but we had some players who were, um, dis- dislodged from their homes yeah, and, absolutely. um, all, all sorts of craziness. Right. And so, um, you add that to the mix and it was sort of, uh, it was sort of a bit of a perfect storm. Um, and so there was a real, a real tug of war. Um, and you know, I can't tell you the number of, uh, calls and complaints from, you know, parents and, uh, you know, that I fielded, uh, and certainly coach Rich Russell fielded as the athletic director to say, you know, Hey, you know, these practices, how could they be, you know, um, an expectation and, you know, schools out and, and that, that sort of another, um, component is here in the keys. Uh, we give a lot of days off around Thanksgiving. I'm sort of used to the Northeast right. in, you know, Boston and North Carolina, um, of course, North Carolina is not in the Northeast, but, um, you know, my prior areas where, um, you know, we'd go to school through, uh, we'd go to school through, uh, Wednesday. You know, Sometimes you go Wednesday, through Wednesday absolutely. Yeah. and you get, right? you get, thir- you get Thursday and Friday off, you get Thursday and Friday off. Right. And so absolutely. And so, as you know, um, you know, the, the, the week after Thanksgiving, is if you want to do preseason tournaments, that's when uh-huh. you can do preseason tournaments that Thursday and, and Friday. And, um, and then the following week you can start uh, regular season games or uh, I'm sorry, it's the week before the week before Thanksgiving, you can do preseason tournaments. And so um, we've all always uh, been uh, tr- tried to be very thoughtful about, you know, some years we've done some preseason tournaments, depending on, the number of guys we had returning some years, we felt like, okay, you know, those couple of extra days of practice are going to be a lot more important to us than, um, than, than some preseason games. So if you think about it, a season like this year where, um, you know, your football team is successful and, you know, they, they go into the, um, the first week of November now, 
you know, you're getting your, your football players back and you've got literally a week to, to get those football players back ingrained into basketball. If you're going to do a preseason tournament and things. So um, one of the things we've traditionally done is um, similar to this year with the, with the winter break tournament that we did is I've, I've always tried to put a game um, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, you know, it was be our mm-hmm. first regular season game or whatnot. Um, and then, you know, put something right after Thanksgiving to, uh, you know, to make sure that the kids know, Hey, you, you, we need you here. Um, and it, it could affect minutes if you're not here, but it's been um, without question that has been, among the biggest challenges is the, is the culture change. Right. Um, so for, as, as far as like that Thanksgiving goes, so you're, I am, I'm going to assume that you're taking your basketball players aside in August and saying, Hey, don't plan on going to aunt Vera this Thanksgiving because Tuesday prior we have a game and Saturday post, we also have another game. So that's sort of a way of, of you sort of keeping them here rather than, okay, Thanksgiving week, we're going to have practice. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, and, and even some of it is, you know, again, if we have the Tuesday game, you know, it's not practice, but it's, it's a physical game or whatnot. And so, you know, they're, they're getting into basketball shape. And then a lot of times we'll try to have, um, an early Wednesday morning practice, um, is sort of the routine I've tried to have and then say, Hey, let everybody get out of town and, and, um, you know, and go and, and enjoy, um, enjoy your Thanksgiving or entertain all your, um, guests or family members that, that want to come down to the keys for Thanksgiving. Um, as, as we all have, of course. Um, and even, you know, uh, this year, so to your point, um, absolutely. And, and I start to circulate the schedules to the players and parents, um, very early, um, you know, first passes as early as like May of the, of the prior year, mm-hmm. um, with the, with the caveat that, Hey, we're going to, you know, probably add some games and some things may get moved around, but here, here's a, here's an advanced look at, um, you know, here's an advanced look at what, um, what, what you have coming and, but, uh, but that certainly to your point, that was as big of an adjustment as, uh, you know, as any, um, and, and a big, uh, a big reason why we've been able to turn the corner. Um, and, you know, I know I joke all of the time with coaching friends from other parts of the country, because, you know, they, they just, uh, they just, uh, can't even fathom, right. Uh, the, the fact that, you know, a, a varsity high school athlete, um, you know, and parents or whatnot would, um, would think anything other than, oh yeah, you're a high school athlete. And, you know, if you're a basketball player, then winter break is, uh, you know, certainly, uh, certainly impacted to some extent. And again, of course, we're, you know, we always try to make sure we're getting guys there, you know, three days for the holidays and, and of course, you know, of around course. the holidays and things like that. But, um, you know, to go, um, to compete against the teams we want to compete at and get out of school on December 15th and then come back on January 5th and play a game or whatever, you're not going to be too successful unless you spend some time 
in the gym over the breaks for sure. Another big change that I've seen as far as your teams go is in their overall physical development. Like your your teams uh, last year, your teams this year, they just seem to be uh, bigger, faster, stronger, have more muscle mass than teams in the past. Um, what do you, is, is, did you just get lucky in that regard and you have a good group of these athletes coming in or did you do something to shape that or did the school do something to shape that? Yeah, I think a, a little bit of both. A, again, you know, it, there's there's a cyclical nature when you're a, a public school like ours. But, you know, also, I think when you um, increase the seriousness of your program and, you know, I think um, and you early on, we started to give guys uh, off season routines and we started to encourage guys to work out and go to camps and uh you know play um any level of aau or club ball and things like that and um certainly we will work hard to you know open the have open gyms and get the weight room open for guys and things like that as we can um but I think it, a lot of it starts with the culture and the mindset. Um, and as you, as you develop the program, you know, you, you're able to develop some depth and some real competitiveness. And I think that's, that's helped us. And, um, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's a, a friendly little joke to guys as a reminder, I, early in the season, I, Remember, you know, telling one of our guards that said, hey, you know, um, I hope you've been working out because A.J. Patetti, he's one of our sophomores who's a hardworking kid and a real scrappy kid. And he plays. He's a great athlete in three sports. And I just joked with one of our other guards. I said, hey, A.J. Patetti's coming for some of your minutes that you had last year. And, you know, I've seen him getting in the gym and working hard. And um, so, you uh, you know, that competitive nature to me, I think, goes a long way. We we really try to develop depth and every year. Um, and sometimes it's funny, uh, not sometimes, all of the time. It's sort of funny to look at them. But I tell the guys all the time, I keep a depth chart, um, you know, a projected depth chart for literally four or five years out um, that, you know, uh, of course, where it gets funny is when you look at it and just look at some of the changes that happen. Um, and sometimes the changes happen from what you think you're going to have in September of that year to what ends up happening on the court in, uh, you know, in January of that year. You sort of look back and go, oh, wow, man, that uh, huh. that that didn't play out like I expected. But um so we, we try to be extremely thoughtful about that stuff and uh, make sure we give the give the guys the tools um, and, and the encouragement. But um, and I've, I've joked with this group at times that I, I hope they're, um, you know, they've become so business like this group this year that, you know, I tell them, I, I hope they're truly enjoying the fact that they've won 11 straight basketball games. I mean. I, I, I can't imagine we were coach Russell and coach Holly and, and myself, we were talking the other day and um, I, I'm not sure that there's ever been a team in, in Coral Shores history. That's 
literally not lost a game in the month of January like these guys have. And, you know, there are some of the games. And of course, I, I try to set that business like culture. But, you know, some of the games where, you know, after the game, everybody, yeah, we're excited to win. But it's like, OK, now we got to make sure we fix this and this and this for the next one. Um, but, you know, there, there are times where the guys are like, OK, yeah, we got to do better. We got to do better. And it's like, yeah, we do. But we, we also I, I want to make sure you guys are really enjoying uh, enjoying the success that you've um, that you've created. So um, we, we've worked hard to set that culture and um, and the tone. And we've got, you know, uh, as you know, that stuff can really be contagious as one guy's in the gym working um, either on their game or on their um, in the weight room or on their conditioning. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard when you've got a team that's that, you know, legitimately goes 11, 12, 13 deep for another guy not to look over and go, Oh, geez, you know what? I better get in that. Uh, I better get in that gym as well. Or, um, or so-and-so is gonna, uh, so-and-so is going to take minutes from me down the line. Well, anytime you have that kind of competition within your squad, then great things are going to happen. And, and touching upon, your culture of winning, I mean, your your players are at this point now, you know, which is a great place to be where the expectation is to win because they're, they're walking into gyms and the expectation is to win. So sometimes when, when you get to that point, you're like, yeah, I thought we were going to win and we did win. Yeah, that's great and whatever, but what do we have to improve on? So you, you as a coach, you're in a great place where not only is the expectation is to win every game, but currently you are winning every game. And hopefully that will continue on throughout the postseason and you will continue this historic uh, regular season run with another historic postseason run. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, there's sort of a neat, uh, a neat little, uh, text that I got, uh, last week. Um, I, I don't know if you remember a few years back when we were, uh, so my second year in at Coral Shores, we had a really, really good post player, um, forward by the name of Tim Orr, who was about right. six, six. And he was just, um, I think he moved in the year prior, um, or two years prior from Pennsylvania or something. And he was just a really, really great kid, good basketball player. Um, but, but we, we graduated every single ball handler or guard from the prior team. And so, we made the decision that year to go young and um, we grinded through and, and, um, and ended up having a good season, but it was, it was cool last, uh, last week because I hadn't talked to Tim in a while. He's off at UCF now and he's um, in the engineering program and he must've, you know, seen something in the local paper or whatnot or been home. And he sent me a text and just said, Hey coach, I, I just want to say how happy I am for, you and the program that you've got, um, you, you, you finally got a group that, um, that, that fully buys in and, and is, is where, you know, you expect them to be and need them to be and so on and so forth. So that was, uh, that was sort of a cool, it was obviously, it's always great just to hear from old players, but, um, you know, specifically that he remembered from, you know, however many four years ago, 
sort of the uh, the the efforts to change the culture, and and he pointed them out in that text, and so um, that was that was that was pretty cool. It's it's always interesting, like this circle of changing culture. It's not a really it's not about the current team. The current team is the group of people that are reaping the benefits by the people that really had to do the dirty work and change their habits and become, you know, to some extent, not only better players, but better people and to buy into the culture, you know? So those are the guys that like, 2019, 2020, you know, 2021, those seniors and juniors there, they're the ones that really set the table for the program. And, and I think that, you know, that that's true among a lot of different teams where, where culture change happens. Absolutely. 100%. Yes, you're exactly right. Those are the guys that paved the way and, you know, it's, uh, it's cool. Uh, like I said, when you see that they're seeing that the, you know, the fruits of some of those labors are, or uh, bearing out for, you know, this generation of Coral Shores basketball. And then it's a, it's a fascinating thought to think, you know, like when you, you know, talking like big picture, you have to be careful as a coach because sometimes you're going to take things for granted moving on into the future and you're going to let your guard down. And then all of a sudden, some of these players that you take for granted think certain things and do certain things. Those guys aren't there anymore. And then that's when Key West and that's when Marathon, when, when those two programs meet and those guys are going to get a victory over you. And then we're going to have this rivalry and and you're going to have to reevaluate things. And it's this whole cyclical nature of coaching. No question about it. Yeah. No, no question about it. And I'll say that's, that's one of the things we're really excited about is um, yes, the right now is great with Coral Shores basketball, but we've uh, you know, we've worked hard on the depth and, you know, we've got some young guys that'll come back next year. And of course we'll, you know, we'll graduate some key guys this year. Um, but you know, it is fun, like I said, to sort of look into the future and say, okay, you know, what's, what's this guy going to, going to be next year or the year after. And, um, so it's exciting. And, and to your point, marathon and key West, they have those guys and, you know, on their side and, you know, they're, they're looking at, you know, sort of how they can unseat us. And, um, you know, they're, they're certainly going to be hungry to do that. So it's, it's exciting. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a ton of fun. No question. And it's really the mark of like a good coach for you to come in and do what you've done as far as turn a program around, you know, in in my, I don't know, 26 years down here, you know, I've seen, I've sometimes I've seen coaches come in, you know, and go, Oh, this is a good group. I'm coming in. And they come in with a good group. And then when that good group, quote unquote, good group wins, then they leave too. you know, the ability of a good coach is you go in there, you've changed the whole program around, you've changed the culture. And then now the big, the big ticket item for you is, 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 can you continue? Can you remain consistent? Can you be the king of the keys next year? And only time is going to tell on that one right there. And as far as the future goes right now, you're focused on your district playoffs. So coach, good luck in the district playoffs and much continued success for your Coral Shores hurricane basketball team. And thank you for coming on today. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. It's great talking to you as always. All right, guys. Uh, Have a great day and I'll talk to you later. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to the Keys Weekly Sports Wrap with Coach McDonald. Your only place to find your Florida Keys prep sports news and history. Please check us out every week. Keysweekly.com. Recommend this podcast. Put it on your social media. Let's get it out there. You know, we want to get our players. We want to get our teams. We want to get our coaches. We want to get our community noticed. All right. And the best way that we can do this is if you guys put this on your social media and send it to your relatives, send it to your brother that used to live in the Keys and, and wants to follow Coral Shore Sports. Send it to your cousin who doesn't know what a podcast is and maybe you could help explain it to them and they're a big Key West Conk fan. So please help us out. Send this podcast out. Um, You know, baseball season's coming up. We're going to have a lot of coverage on that. Basketball season, we're having the playoffs right now. There's so much going on. Pretty soon spring football is going to be starting and and there's a lot going on. And I at this podcast, I really want this to be the hub of the Florida Keys prep sports. This is going to be a place where you're going to find your results, where you're going to get interviews with coaches from the present day, like we had with Coach Mandozi today, or coaches from the past. Um, this is a place that I want you to have input in. If you have any ideas, please email sports at keysweekly.com um, and let me know what you would like to see. Have a great week this week and tune back in uh, next Thursday for the latest podcast. Thank you.